0: Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-Francois, and this is the Women in Data podcast. Join me every other week to hear data professionals discuss how data is used in various industries, get inspired, get your field of tips to help you overcome challenges on your career, and feel great. Let's get straight into it. 17 of the women in data podcast getting rid of limiting beliefs and building bravery i am joined today by caroline pankhurst founder of be braver psychology doctoral researcher coach activist and much more in this episode we started by talking about the work caroline does around helping women find their courage and achieve personal and professional fulfillment you will hear all about the Be Braver program and get equipped with tools and exercises to help you be more courageous and walk away from your limiting beliefs. While this conversation started around the program, it quickly took a personal turn and almost transformed into a live coaching session. Caroline is a funny yet powerful coach and this interview gives more than you might expect. But before we jump into it, know that, as a weed, you can join the Be Braver program with up to 40% discount. All you need to do is head to www.be-braver.com And use the offer code WIDBBC40, so that is WIDBBC40, for the basic membership, and WIDBBC35, so that is WIDBBC35, for the full Be Braver program. Hi Caroline! Hello, Garen. We have so many interesting things that we could be talking about today. You are doing some amazing work helping women build bravery and also separating themselves from their beliefs and then being able to progress in life and in their career. But I do feel like it would be really hard for me to introduce you and you wear so many different hats. Um, Can you just maybe introduce Yourself and tell us what you do.
1: Yeah, uh, I was kind of hoping you'd do it because I find it quite difficult as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it varies every day how I introduce myself, in actual fact. Uh, sometimes I say I'm like Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz and I'm like helping people find their courage. Other days I'll say I'm a change maker and I am helping inspire other women to transform their futures through courage and bravery. And I suppose that's in the space of the work that I do with my business, which is Be Braver. I also do research in courage, so I'm uh, doing a PhD uh, looking at courage in women. So I do a lot of research, I do one-to-one coaching and I do activism work as well, which is all around um, trying to improve the futures and outcomes for women and girls in Greater Manchester. But the common thread across all of that is helping to create change to get better outcomes for women really that that is a
0: lot can you tell us a bit more about what it is exactly and give us a bit more details on what it is you're doing
1: yeah so i'll if i focus specifically on the work that i do with be braver which is probably most of relevance to the um people that are listening to the podcast from women in data so i've got a program that i deliver and a collective that i've recently formed to help equip women with the psychological, uh, well, psychology-based research. So to equip them with the tools in order to help them accomplish the outcomes or the ambitions or the changes that they want to realize in their careers, sometimes in their lives as well. The program itself can be delivered within organizations. It can be delivered on a one-to-one basis and it's applicable for teams as well but it basically looks at what the mental emotional and in some circumstances practical blockers are that get in the way of us being the awesome amazing extraordinary people that we all are Uh, so that's kind of like what the be braver program does so i can deliver it with cohorts of women that work together in groups and I'll work on a one-to-one basis with people as well. And I do consult with organizations in terms of how they can apply the model within their own organizations as well.
0: What kind of people are joining your programs? Are they only CEOs, senior leaders? Who can join?
1: So we have a real mix of people from CEOs and business owners all the way up to future talent and women returning. to to work from periods of being off work, whether that's because they've been caring for elderly parents, whether that's through illness or whether it's through maternity or whether it's just because they've had a bit of time out to reflect. In a way, one of the things that kind of sits at the core of the approach, um, which is where I suppose a lot of the feminist perspective comes into it and a lot of my beliefs around um, structure, power, control and patriarchy and all that kind of thing is, um, which I will resist getting distracted by. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, it's not the essence of the programme works at a very deep psychological individual level um, with us as human beings. So in actual fact, the level or the job title that you have is is a bit of an irrelevance to me. What does tend to connect most of the people on the programme is the experiences that they have had and the types of sectors and industries that they work in. So a lot of them are science, creative, data, comms, those kind of fields. And a very good balance of the the art and the data kind of scientific side of things, which is what I'm like, So I feel like I'm a bit of a split personality, because I like both.
0: <laughs> Aren't we all? I am totally split myself. <laughs> And with this program, what, what does it work? What, what is the program about?
1: So the program is about equipping individuals with the tools, the knowledge, the insight, the self-awareness to be able to create change and achieve fulfillment, ambition, whatever it is that you're looking for. There's kind of four core pillars to the program around clarity, confidence, courage and connection. And then within each of those four pillars, there's a series of smaller modules. So if you if you were to come on the Be Braver Practitioner program and go through the, the whole program, you end up uh, you end up at the end of the programme with kind of like your own personal growth and development plan, which will set you up for for life with a whole host of strategic tools, psychological tools um, to help you embrace change, uncertainty, risk, fear, be resilient and understand what the things are that motivate you, what you need to thrive, what you need to let go of that hold you back. Uh, We do a lot of work on limiting beliefs as well. So I talk about the fact it basically, every single woman has the capacity to be extraordinary. It's why I talk, uh, talk a lot about the fact that there are no heroes coming to the rescue. We got fed that narrative a lot when we were younger about the fact that some guy's gonna arrive on a horse some knight in shining armor and, and rescue us all. And I think whilst a lot of us don't think that we buy into that anymore, Deep down within our unconscious minds, I think there is there's an element within us that kind of expects external factors to have slightly more influence on the outcomes that we have in in life than they actually should do. Um, And that can actually hold us back from recognising a lot of the power that we have within us um, to make our own choices and to make our own decisions and to drive our own fortunes to a degree. I think every single one of us needs to be be our own recognise that we're our own heroes um, and that we're all capable of achieving extraordinary things any hero that I've ever looked at or heroine Emmeline Pankhurst was obviously mine the whole basis of my program actually in many ways has been modeled on her but what that tells you when you kind of look at any of the people that are perceived to be courageous or, or brave in the world, is that they don't, they don't have anything that any of the rest of us don't have. What they do have is they have absolute clarity, vision, certainty, alignment to their values. They kind of know what they're shooting for in life, what matters to them, what problems in the world that they want to solve and what they care about. They have confidence in their skills or their expertise or their ability to be able to make whatever it is that they're wanting to accomplish happen and if they don't have it they will work with grit, resilience and determination in order to get it. They have the right mental beliefs and attitude about themselves in order to be able to fail forwards and keep going. They have the connection with themselves with their own emotions to understand how to persist in the face of adversity to deal with all the change and uncertainty that happens around them and then the networks that they connect with as well that's a really important um, attribute and then the final thing is about having the courage and that's being able to identify where the risks are know how to mitigate them and know how to choose when to act in the face of those risks Um, and where to take bold action or small steps of action. Heroes, if we want to talk about that, we're all heroes. Um, Anybody that's been courageous or brave has been trying to achieve some sort of change in the world. They've had a reason and an understanding of what what was motivating them to do that. And then it's all the elements of the Be Braver programme that are the ingredients that enable you to make that change. So I basically think that if you come on the Be Braver programme, you will be equipped with all the things that Emmeline Pankhurst had. And she got women the vote. So if you want to make change in the world, whether it's small or big, come on the programme and you can be the next Emmeline Pankhurst.
0: (laughs) Caroline, you've been talking about having clarity, um, courage and everything. Do you think that you can feel courageous without having clarity?
1: So, feeling courageous is a very interesting question, and I'm gonna at some point have to write 80,000 words on this very topic for my PhD. (laughs) So, I don't know how I'm gonna squeeze a response to that into a podcast. (laughs) Um, What I can tell you from the research that I have done thus far, however, um, is that particularly with women. We tend to not identify ourselves as being courageous or or brave, if you want to use the word brave. Um, But what's very interesting is that actually, and and this is partly what the, um, partly one of the questions within my thesis will hopefully seek to explore a little bit more, is everyday acts of courage, I think, um, are more prevalent in women in actual fact than they often are in men we can't ignore the fact that we live in a as caroline creado perez has called it um you know a, a world designed by men for men we can't deny the fact that there is um systemic bias discrimination that we we aren't living in an equal world and there are a whole host of other areas which probably aren't as relevant for the topic of this conversation but other areas in life where where women become much more vulnerable in in the world than men are. So we are having to face risks, uncertainty, oppression, and all sorts of things on a daily basis, which means actually we are having to make courageous choices and decisions day in, day out, but we don't recognize that within ourselves. And actually there's probably a reason why socially, nobody wants women to be the courageous, brave ones, and they want that to be the preserve of men. But once women start to recognise what what courage they have, what power they have, and feel more connected to that, that's why, I mean, it's partly why my business is called Be Braver, not Be Brave. We are already brave. And actually, it's once you understand the blueprint of what courage and bravery looks like for you as an individual woman, you you realise you've got all the keys that you need and you can unlock more of it. The trick is learning how to connect with that feeling of courage at the moment. So to answer your question, do I think that you can have courage without clarity? I think it's an interesting question because in some respects we already have it. I think everybody already has it. Um, Clarity might be, I mean, probably on the Be Braver programme, clarity is certainly the part in the programme that helps to unlock your connection to that. But I would challenge any anybody that's listening to this that says, I don't think of myself as a courageous person to have a really hard think about the things in life that they have personally faced fears, felt frightened, faced risks, made difficult choices and decided to take a course of action where the outcome was uncertain or factors had been out of their control, but they'd had to sort of like take a certain course of action. If you've been in any of those scenarios, you, you have courage. You are a courageous person and you have everything that you need to be more courageous in the future. You're courageous.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Do you? Well, I'm doing a podcast now. While well, before, uh, funny story, when I started secondary school, my teachers basically told my parents you have to put karen into an activity with other kids so either sports or theater because when i ask karen a question i can't hear her answer so even if i was seated at the front of the classroom i would answer and then they couldn't hear what i was saying so Mm -hmm. i do feel quite courageous hosting and producing a podcast right now because i came from people could not hear me talking to now I'm talking to you, I'm talking to people, and then I'm putting this on the internet for everybody to. It is quite a courageous act. <laughs> that is. And I would encourage anybody
1: that's listening to this podcast now to send some feedback to Karen on what they think about how she's coming across on this podcast, now knowing that this is something that's a courageous thing for you, because feedback's so important as well. And you've got a network of supporters here that are listening to your podcast that absolutely love what you're doing. And if you didn't have the courage to do this, they wouldn't even get the opportunity to listen to these.
0: Oh. <laughs> that would be good, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Caroline, something else you, you spoke about while describing all the work you are doing, um, are limiting beliefs. Um, yes. So this is something that is extremely important because these beliefs, they they start when we're kids, right? And then they follow us everywhere and then they evolve and new ones get created. Beliefs are a result of the environment we grew up in, the people who surround us and ourselves or how we see life or the society around us. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's hard to, be able to identify what beliefs is your own and what belief was created by your environment that you could actually mm-hmm. detach from. An example that is, I, I had not planned of talking that much about me today, but. <laughs> you, can't, you can't
1: avoid it if you're talking to me, unfortunately.
0: looks <laughs> <laughs> like it. So, <laughs> growing up, obviously, I'm a data professional, I'm a data analyst, and I studied mathematics, but. Aside from that, I was also an athlete, so I ran mm-hmm. with a French team of athletics, and one of my uncle, growing up, did I say that right? My boyfriend yeah. keeps saying that I, sometimes I say uncle and uncle the same way, so... <laughs> uncle? Uh, so well, I'm he... northern,
1: so you're probably pronouncing it better than I would <laughs> anyway, so I wouldn't worry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so yeah so he told me when I was maybe something like 13 you can't be pretty run fast and be smart at the same time So I I don't know what pretty has to do with all these kind of things but basically I grew up taking this as my own belief and it made me do some take some decisions let's say later in my life and now I can clearly see that this was not my belief this was his Mm. but do you have any tips on being able to identify these kind of things early enough to understand okay this does not come from me this comes from someone else so let me put this aside and being able Mm. to move forward with my life and make my own decisions a few things that's
1: Oh, I'm just recovering from the shock
0: of that. <laughs> I have to write it
1: down. You can't be pretty, run fast and smart. Yeah. Well, you're the evidence that that's not true, aren't you, for a start off? So language is really important. The way that we, and that's the language that we use when we're talking to ourselves in our heads and the language that we use when we're talking to other people, and I, I think I've I've spoken about this to loads of people before, and it's a really simple exercise to do, but one that's quite powerful is if you write down a list of all the things that you think that you can't do. So I can't do this, I can't do that, da 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 da. And if you if you sit with, I don't know what they might be. I can't I can't present in a big boardroom of people. I can't share my ideas because everybody else. Has got better ones, or whatever it might be, or I can't leave my relationship because I don't want to be on my own, or whatever it might be. Um, if you sit with all of those and just notice how you, how that makes you feel, looking at all those cons and what the limited world that you kind of experience for yourself is when you reflect on that, and then if you take a marker pen and scribble out the apostrophe and the t so that it says you can be pretty run fast and be smart instead of i can't and you go through all your list you will start to notice how your brain starts firing out opportunities ideas you'll physically start feeling different in yourself so spotting your spotting your own negative language and where that limits you and replacing it with, with something that says, I, I can, or the opposite positive statement, will immediately start opening you up to exploring, well, how, how could that happen, or how might that look? Or if, if you're telling yourselves can't, you're already shutting off the possibilities of solutions, ideas, options, this, that, and the other. The other thing that I would say, why, a question to you then, why, why does it matter whose belief it is or where the belief has come from?
0: Because I, I think if it comes from outside of yourself, mm. um, it is going to, to limit you in ways, I, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I, I feel like it coming from outside is basically other people stopping you from doing things that you could be doing. But on the other hand, if you believe what they're saying, it means that you're limiting yourself. Mm. But I, I don't know, it just feels like okay we already have a hard enough time to realize what we can do if other people add another layer you want to get rid of that layer this is how i see it yeah
1: so so some of it can also be quite unconscious and we just you know we we inherit things don't we that live with us and they might serve a particular purpose at one time or another in, in um keeping us safe when we maybe didn't have the right skills or we didn't have the knowledge that we needed. So we shy away from doing certain things at particular points in our, on our lives. But then that sort of uh, becomes deep rooted in us. And then we start carrying things away that are a bit redundant as we get older and the environment around us changes. Uh, so I would, I would question or think about questioning the purpose not not worrying so much about who it's who it's come from or how you've ended up with it, but what purpose does it serve me now? Does this does does having this view of myself, my place in the world, the way the way that the world works, does that serve the things that I want to have more of or accomplish or achieve? And if it doesn't serve that purpose, if it doesn't move you towards that, I would then question its validity and its use to you. We basically, you know, created computers sort of like in an image of the way that the mind works, really. And most thoughts, whether they're conscious or unconscious, are bits of data that are passing from one location to another location. The conscious ones, obviously, we're aware of. They've been programmed in there by experiences, by what we've observed, what's happened to us, this, that and the other and they've got a whole load of flags and codes attached to them so that when X happens in the environment, it triggers Y. So the other thing is your brain is, I I think of it a bit like computers, Uh, sorry, like uh, mobile phones, where you've got software developers in the background that will be updating all of the apps on your phone. And when it's not working in the right way, because things in the environment have changed and it needs to speak to a different app in a different way because they've updated theirs, software developer sits in the back and they'll rewire all of the coding so that everything works beautifully. We don't have anybody doing the rewiring and recoding in our own brains. So what often happens is we're getting served information Thoughts into our conscious mind that have been coded at one point in an environment that is now completely different. So the way I think about it, which goes back to your question before about what you do about some of these these beliefs, it doesn't so much matter about where the source of that data, if you want to call it that, has come from. What matters is what you do with it now. So if it's not helping the system, i.e., you function in the way that you want to to get the outcomes that you need to. You need to look at what what information in that data is the wrong information and then think, what do I need to recode it with? Now the recoding bit of it isn't just as simple, sadly, as a developer going, remove the word can't to can. <laughs> um, it takes practice because you have to you have to be aware of when that's happening. You might have to go on an amazing program with a brilliant coach like me. Who can I wonder what
0: program it. that. Can... <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, or be on a group with a, a collective of other women that will help you spot it as well. But it's not always. I'm not. I don't want to oversimplify it. It it can be difficult to change some of these things because, and some of them can be quite overwhelming when you actually run into them. I know from my own personal experience, I had a, you know, when I, the, the big change for me was realising that I had the ability to choose how I felt about things that happened to me in the world and went to see that play that I told you about the last time we spoke at the National Theatre that was all about the suffragettes. And then I realised about the patriarchy and I suddenly started questioning things about society and structure and la di da da so you, you can make quite small shifts, but you can make some really big ones, which can massively transform the way that you live your life. So beliefs are, are a really transformational way of changing your life. They've certainly rewiring has completely transformed my life. I've got my own business. I'm doing a PhD. I'm doing activism work. You know, five years ago, I was sitting in an agency doing a job that made me miserable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're laughing about it now <laughs> yeah i know
1: <laughs> and that's not even going into all the personal stuff that was going on <laughs> oh, <gosh.
0: laughs> well so changing the narrative from being from i can't to i can is basically yeah. the beginning of feeling braver and being braver this is what you're saying
1: well on my program when you start off that wouldn't be the starting point for it but as a little hack to answer the question that you gave, that's why I gave that as an example. When you come on the programme, the first bit that you will do is the clarity part of the programme, which is really getting in tune with what your values are, what your ambition is, what problems you want to solve in the world, what motivates you, where you find your meaning in in the work that, that you do they become the lenses through which you then have the confidence and the courage to make all the bold decisions and changes that you may need to make because you're truthfully in alignment with who you are as a person not who you've been told to be or who you think you should be or what you think you should be behaving like in work to succeed because that's what you've seen other people doing so you think therefore well that's what I should do.
0: Yeah, uh, I feel like now is probably one of the best time to to have this kind of reflection with everything that's going on in the world. Caroline, just one last thing before we close this episode. Where can people find you online?
1: So I've got a website. So b-braver.com. They can find me on Twitter. They can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Twitter's b-braver.com and they can find me in Manchester, stuck in my house. Um, <laughs> occasionally going out for a walk or a game of football. Hopefully one day they'll be able to find me in London again, but seems like a long way off at the minute, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, you tell me when you come to London and we have a coffee. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on
1: the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I hope it's been useful And anybody's free to send me any questions that they might have as well if they're struggling with anything or they want to know more about anything that I've talked about. My whole ambition is ultimately to help women realize how awesome they all are. So if anybody's got any questions and I would just like to reiterate one last thing before we go. Please make sure you send your feedback to Karen about how she's doing with these podcasts.
0: Thank you, Caroline. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. If you don't want to miss the next episode, make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or on LinkedIn. You can also register to the community for free by heading to womenindata.co.uk. We would love to hear from you, so don't be shy and drop us some feedback or a review. This will help us enhance the content and bring the guests that you want to hear from. Have a great day.